This is Michael Rigsby in the DirtOnDirt.com studio. And while Late Model Live is off this week, given the fact that 100, yes, 100% of the races around the country rained out last weekend, we thought we'd kick up the content machine a little bit and go old school with the DOD video cast. And as luck would have it, it's almost impossible to believe, but it was 10 years ago this month that I debuted the video cast for the first time in April of 2008. Things have certainly changed in the dirt on dirt on dirt world since then, but I thought it was a neat uh, factoid to toss out there that 10 years ago is when I did my first video cast in this very month. Speaking of factoids, this was me. This was me last week on Late Model Live. Turn play that clip. 89%. The number this weekend right there in big bold red letters on your screen was 89%. 89% of scheduled dirt late model races happened this weekend. If you are scoring at home, that is the Super Mario Brothers theme song. Turn well done back there. I yeah. love that. Yes, fade into me. Fade yes, into me because exactly. I never. So naturally, me bragging about getting 89% of the races in leads us to uh, leads to us literally losing 100% of the scheduled races this past weekend. I did nearly the complete flip turn, which in case you were scoring at home, that marks the first time that that has ever happened in the DirtOnDirt.com era. First time ever that 100% of the races on our schedule rained or snowed or weathered out. And think about it, we're not talking about just like one little Georgia, South Carolina pocket here. We are talking about races ranging from Iowa or the upper Missouri area to Florida to Pennsylvania to Maryland, all over the country. It's pretty remarkable when you think about it that we, uh, that we lost everything. I'm not going to sit here and pretend this coming weekend's forecast is rosy all over the place because it's not, but I do know 100% we will not lose 100% of the races this coming weekend. This is where our coverage will be, speaking of from Friday and Saturday this coming weekend. Turn, throw that list up there. Oh, turn, there's me on, on screen. There's I you. like that. World of Outlaws at Farmer City, Lucas Oil at Atomic, of course, the Illini at Farmer City for tonight. Lucas Oil at Atomic at Brownstown, both those races, 12,000 to win. MLRA, a doubleheader. Uh, kicking off their season at Wheatland, or Wheatland kicking their season off, rather, at uh, Dan Robinson's place there at Wheatland, Missouri. The Spring Nationals reschedule at Tazewell for 5000 Friday night, and Mitch McCarter's volunteer gets the Spring Nats on Saturday for $10,052 to win. And the ultimate race at Virginia Motor, $20,000 to win this coming weekend. All of those coming up. On Friday and Saturday, we will have highlights, reaction, live updates, photos, and so much more, but video from each and every one of those this coming weekend, and we are excited about that. Let's break down some Dirt Late Model Racing, shall we, as far as this coming weekend goes. Joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Spring Hotline is Scoop, our very own Kevin Kovac. Kevin, you've been doing this racing game for a long time now. Do you ever... And I literally mean ever. Do you ever remember a spring like the one we are in the midst of right now, weather-wise? Well, I, I definitely will say I have not seen a spring like this. <laughs> it's, uh, I've had to go to races for uh, 30 years. I remember going to uh, races at Williams Grove. I'm from Pennsylvania. I've been living in Pennsylvania. Williams Grove is like races in March and in February even, Lincoln Speedway and Hagerstown Speedway. And, and, of course, races get rained out. Races get snowed out. I mean, I've seen times when up in the northeast here we've had, we've had uh, snow plows plowing snow off of snow 
uh, off the racetrack, and then we raced on Sunday or Saturday afternoon. But, I mean, just a widespread scope of all this uh, bad weather. It's been unbelievable. I mean, it's it hasn't even gotten to the point where uh, you could say, like, usually there's a couple pockets of uh, of really nice weather, warm weather, that a promoter gets hits a home run and hits the jackpot. Uh, on a weekend, that's what they're really looking for in the early because you never it is unpredictable in the spring. But haven't even had that. It just seems like everywhere you go, it can't even get above fifty degrees. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like the same thing with baseball. I mean, look at the baseball season starting out. I I think there wasn't even a thousand people at a Chicago White Sox game the other day. So no, uh, that's it's really yeah, it bad. Nine hundred forty-seven people at the White Sox game, and I love to bag on the White Sox, so uh, I have no problem with that. <laughs> but yeah, nine hundred forty-seven people at opening day for the White Sox. Uh, they said 10,000 paid attendance, but there was 947. There's a, I mean, we ought to feel proud. There's a lot of late model races that draw more than 947 people, Kevin. Oh, no doubt about it. That's exactly what I was thinking about. I saw the picture of, a, of the stadium with nobody in it. I'm like, man, there's more people at a dirt track race. Uh, we could probably, we might be able to get that many went on a cold day. But, uh, uh, but, man, it is bad. But, like, I, I do want to point out one thing. I'm like, I don't remember a, a, like September and October stretch. That was as warm as last year. I, I remember going to Georgetown, Delaware, and back at the end of uh, October, and I walked out on the boardwalk in Ocean City, Maryland, during the day in a T-shirt and a sunny day, and the World Finals were warm, not freezing cold like normal. So I don't know. Maybe we're just getting a little. Maybe everything's pushing back a yep. little bit. It's staying warmer later. We should I, we should race later in the. I season, agree. Right? No, we need to scrap <laughs> March and April and go farther into October, November. I agree. Seasons seem to be shifting a little bit. If weather cooperates, uh, this weekend could be good. You not only have both national tours racing at the same time, believe it or not, for the first time this year uh, in mid-April, which is a little bit rare, but the event where you will be this weekend, the $20,000 to win ultimate race at Virginia Motor Speedway. I'll let you steer the ship here, Kevin, but the big stuff. Lucas Oil at Atomic in Brownstown, World of Outlaws at Farmer City for the Illini, and the twenty grand show at VMS. Tackle all of that. One thing I love about you is that you don't just look at the basics. Uh, so don't just look at the basics here. What do we need to see prior to this big weekend of racing with Lucas, the World of Outlaws, and the ultimate race at VMS? Well, first on Atomic and Brownstown, I, I want to just let's, let's appreciate the fact that the two races are rescheduled from, uh, from the original March dates. I mean, usually the, the Lucas Oil schedule is pretty busy, and there's been times when that race is at least one of those or maybe two have been canceled because of the bad weather in, in March, and they, we haven't even been able to see them because they're just wiped right off the schedule. But uh, it's nice to see that reset so we get to see those two races, and, and I'm sure the promoters are really happy too because those are two real big races right. uh, for those promoters, for their bottom line, really, right, for the whole year long. Um, but something we need to see in these next two races for, for the Lucas Oil Series, I, I'm saying solid runs by Tim McCready. Uh, I mean, it, it's pretty incredible. You look at this right now. Here we are in Mar in April now, and and McCready, he's the guy who nearly won last year's Lucas Oil Championship. He's 13th in the points, 315 points out of first. I mean, he had more bad luck the last time Lucas ran like, a couple weeks ago. And um, I mean, it, it's kind of a reminder that things can change really quickly in this sport. I would say, you know, like you could be strong last year and a few off season months, the next thing you turn around, you struggle. Your your vibe's gone. I mean, you're your karma's gone, I guess, with McCready. But, I mean, he's got to pull out of this funk. I mean, he's got to be able to – it's not like he hasn't run He hasn't run terrible. Like, he could be run worse. I guess he's had some decent showings but hasn't been able to come through with them if something breaks. Or, I mean, it's I'm really, really surprised about how he's running, and, and this is going to be a big one. He needs something for that psyche of his uh, uh, to go good for him this weekend. And then with Brownstown, I mean, if the weather holds out uh, – 
I, I find it pretty interesting that uh, I like to see a, a non-Lucas Oil driver upset the series regulars there. And we talked about it in, in Fast Talk this week uh, and about how all the Lucas Oil drivers have, a, have won series races. It's been all Lucas Oil drivers winning at Brownstown and Lucas Oil uh, competitions since Tim McCready won the Jackson 100 back in 2008. I mean, that's, that's 17 straight Lucas races uh, won by series regulars at Brownstown. So, and that's I mean, usually even in that long of a time period, they'll get somebody uh, well, that's not a series regular will pop in there and win one. What's interesting about that, too, is Brownstown all, always lauded as having one of the best regional and local fields in the entire country. You know, I think historically, if you look at a place, where's got the best regional? The Brownstown would have always been on that list. So for them to not win one, I think that that's that's interesting. I think you bring up a good point there. It's kind of crazy, you know. Maybe a guy like a Tanner English or a Kent Robinson, you know, steps up this week and could beat the boys. But I really, it's going to. It might be even tougher though for it to happen this year if they run on Saturday. Well, Scott Bloomquist is so good there, but uh, you know, with Farmer City racing the same day, I mean, that eliminates a lot of potential uh, non-Lucas guys from uh, from winning there. So uh, you take a lot of those Illinois guys that might go to Brownstown out of the mix too. So uh, I, I'd imagine. I, I, the gods are it's going to be a Lucas Oil guy in victory lane again there. Well, speaking of the Brown, uh, Farmer City World of Outlaws, uh, the Illini race, uh, discuss that a little bit, and uh, the Virginia Motor Race, too, as well. Give, give us a couple things to keep an eye on there. Yeah, I, I really like that Illini 100. I mean, that's one of the races I really uh, always enjoy. The bullring race in the fairgrounds atmosphere, the, the anticipation of that first big national tour event of the year in Illinois, you know, which is, you know, of course, I mean, you know, it's the hotbed of dirt late mile racing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, I, I, that's of course. I mean, I mean what are we what are we talking point, about here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. it, so, uh, I, the, mean, like, I remember that first race when they ran with Billy Mortar beat uh, the first Illini one hundred. Billy Mortar barely winning over Shannon Babb, and I mean, it's it just been a lot of good races. Even like last year's twenty five lap. That's one of the dirt on dirt races of the year. That's right. So, uh, I mean, I think if you go to the Farmer City, you know you're gonna have a you're gonna get a pretty good show. As far as Virginia Motor goes, the place you'll be this weekend, Virginia Motor, uh, touch on that one a little bit too. Oh yeah, that's um, that's a race. I feel like it kind of starts up the Mid Atlantic Dirt Late Model season. You know, each year up here, it's uh, I know it's Virginia, it's, it's below the Mason Dixon line, but it still feels like a little bit of a northern race to me because it's not that far from me here in Pennsylvania, and and it gets a cross section of those northern drivers and southern drivers, you know, Maryland guys and. Pennsylvania guys go down, and you get the southern, you know, southeast guys come up with the ultimate series, and it it should be a, it always is a good mix. I I like that, I like that race, and you know, of course, the racetrack, uh, that facility, Virginia Motor Speedway. Whenever you talk about Virginia Motor, you're talking about that. Bill Sawyer built one heck of a place there. I mean, that's that's, you feel like you're at Richmond uh, International Raceway or or something uh, because it's it's everything is so spick and span, so nice, and and you get a good a good a good feeling when you go in that place. Because uh, you feel like you're at a big event. One thing that I like about Virginia Motor Speedway this coming weekend, other than the 80 degree and sunny forecast that they have, <laughs> is that this race could go one of two ways here. If both Lucas and the Outlaw shows get in this weekend, you're more than likely going to see a really good regional guy or maybe an independent guy pop in and win 20 grand. I mean, that's really possible. We, we like that part. But if Farmer City and Brownstown, for some reason, get washed out, you're going to see more than a few national guys scrambling, as they have the last couple years, to get out to Virginia Motor Speedway. This could really be interesting. This race, to me, could yo-yo. You could see Scott Bloomquist win 20 grand on Saturday, or you could see – fill in a blank for me, Kevin. What, who else could you see win on Saturday? You, you could see uh, – I don't know. You, you name it. Any one of those mid-Atlantic guys could win on Saturday, I feel like. 
Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch. I mean, Jason Covert, Austin Hubbard, Ricky Elliott, right. Dale Hollett, Mike. You know, Michael Page could come up. First time he's ever going to be up there. I noticed that. Motor up. Yep. Uh, you know, Tyler Carpenter. He's going to show up. I mean, it's a bigger track than I guess than he usually uh, runs around there. But I mean, that'll be interesting to see him running that Virginia Motor. Uh, if he, you know, if he shows up and uh, you know, and, and Kyle Hardy guys. I mean, there's so many really cool, really good guys in the regional regional uh, area there. Um, which is kind of one of the things that I'm looking at that's uh, that's pretty neat. Where like as a writer, I'm I know that if one of those guys wins, that's going to be a heck of a story because right. uh, when you get a, a first time twenty thousand dollar winner, I mean that's there's going to be a lot of emotion there. There's going to be a lot of a lot of fun in that interview. So I'm looking at that. But on the other hand, you know, that there could be that real old school feel. You know, remember those days of who's going to show up? Uh, yeah. You know, is that guy going to make it or not? I'm I'm kind of hoping if they do rain out at like say Brownstown. That it's canceled. I mean, just at a point in the morning on Saturday where people, where the guys, the teams are going to be like, man, can I make it? Let's get on the road. We're going to make a bonsai run to Virginia. Let's see if we can make it over there in time. And, and then you're sitting in the pits waiting for that guy to kind of pull through the gate right before a hot laps or something. I'm actually literally Google mapping right now on while we're talking. <laughs> uh, this is happening. I'm Google mapping Brownstown, Indiana to Saluda, Virginia, 10 hours, five minutes. Uh, so you don't lose an hour. Brownstown's in Eastern time. So. It's in theory you could. It would have to be canceled pretty early. A guy might have to. A guy might have to hang out near Atomic uh, on Friday and kind of wait. I think and see what happens Saturday because I have made the Atomic to Virginia Motor Drive before. Our own Gilly Hanson and Dustin Jarrett are doing it this weekend, so it is doable. It is, it is doable. So yeah, I think that would be a perfect. Yeah, you just kind of everybody's going to hedge their bets a little bit, wait until the morning. Right. Which way are we going to go, west or east? Before the uh, Lucas Oil races a few weeks ago uh, at Boyd's, etc., I almost said on the show, this was me almost on the show, I, I had the line written, I think the Lucas Oil points title is a two-man race, period. Jonathan Davenport and Josh Richards. One of those two is going to win for sure. Then, of course, Earl Pearson Jr. goes out and wins a race on the last lap. Scott has a big points rally, that big amount of points he just knocked out of there in two races. Um, am I wrong, or was I wrong about that? Is this going to be one of those two? Or make, make a case for somebody else, because I still think the Vegas money is on J.D. and Josh. Uh, but was I wrong about that? Can, can some other guys still win this championship? Yeah, I think it, it could be a little bit wrong. I was, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, there's the way that Davenport and, and Richards got off the good starts, and the, that's two guys that somebody, like a Bloomquist right. or anybody who's coming from behind, has to go hop over during the year and, and how many times are you going to have those? Both of those guys have bad nights, and it kind of it kind of happened in those la- in those races a couple of weeks ago, where both of both of them didn't really do very well at either track, and and of course Bloomquist was really really good, and he was he was right up front both nights, so he like cut that lead in half, and and, and that's why I think he is going to be Bloomquist will be back in this mix. He's going to be in there to the end, and I think it's going to be a three race three driver race with him and Richards and Davenport, because Bloomquist, I, I'm thinking he's looking at this now as like, hey, this is a challenge. I agree. You know, this is, uh, yeah, it's going to be a deal where, like, man, I fell behind. Nobody's ever come from behind this far. You know, it's he's always looking for something to, like, you know, motivate him, I think, and and this is going to be him. Not, not saying that Pearson can't uh, stay in the mix. I, I think he could because uh, that team's only going to get better, I believe, as the year goes on. They do more testing and everything and kind of get meshed together, but – but I also don't know if he can match the the wins like J.D., Richards, and Bloomquist. Uh, those are the guys that are that are going to be the ones that I think it'll be a three-driver three race. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Sort Scott's got a little bit of that Tom Brady scenario in him where he's of a certain age. He's literally accomplished everything. So it's not like it's a fictitious challenge, but it's almost like Scott says to himself, he has to almost create dramatics around himself to get himself psyched up a little bit. You know what I mean? It's almost like, well, yeah, here's yeah. something no one's ever done. I might as well mentally set myself on that and try to do it. Would you agree? That's, that's sort of a perfect Scott well, Bloomquist scenario, I feel like. Uh, yeah, that's that. I mean, it seems like he does that little microcosm of it yep. all the time when he's showing up late at the racetrack. You know, it's just like, hey, I might be. I mean, there's a lot of drivers that kill them. You get to a racetrack late and like their whole rhythm is all knocked off. Uh, not him. It's like he it, it just it just fuels him a little bit. And and that's kind of what this bad uh, start from in the point point race is probably doing with him this year. Speaking of Lucas, you talked to Rick Schwally and did a story on the website late last week about the, and I'm going to do air quotes here, the new Lucas Oil rules, or what I would say rules uh, that all drivers were made aware of back in February, but that were going to be implemented on April 1st. There was a ton of social media stuff out there last week, a bunch of message board stuff, another racing website posted something that sort of made it seem like these rules were new when in case that when in fact they really were not. Uh, Talk to us and take us through that a little bit, Kevin. I know you talked to Rick. I'm going to let you steer the ship a little bit here. What all happened, if you could explain it a little bit, because I know it was a bit of a headache uh, for Rick Schwally and Steve Francis that really did not need to be a headache for them last week. So dive into that a little bit if you could. It was kind of it was weird, really. I mean, when you, we started hearing that, too, at the beginning of, uh, of last week, like, well, they're coming up with these new rules. They're throwing all this stuff at everybody uh, before the next race. And, I'm like, really? I mean, where'd this? I didn't. There was no press release. There was no. Uh, I didn't right. see bulletin about it or anything, you know. And and so um, we checked in with Schwally, and it was it. There was a. There are. You look at the website, the rule book on the Lucas Oil website, and it's the the most updated uh, version of the rules, and everything that was changed for 2018, starting at uh, at Speed Weeks, was in red, and then there were just about four or five little things other things that were red and underlined. And that was the only thing actually going into effect on uh, April 1st. But I, the, the, the one rep website that posted stuff posted all of those rules, all the things in red, making it, I think some people kind of looked at that and you know, the way the, 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 the grapevine goes like, Oh my God, look at that. Everybody overreacts sometimes and thinking that that is all brand new stuff. Right. And, and it wasn't, you know, it, so it was like a kind of a misunderstanding but I'm sure that like Rick and, and Steve Francis had their uh, phone lines, uh, phone phones just ring, you know, light up with uh, with calls because of it. And uh, overall, I know you talked to some folks. You talked to Ronnie Stuckey and a few other people. I, I think I saw Robbie Allen. I think I saw Hoghead said, "Hey, this is really not that big a deal." Um, it, it just it was a classic case of overblown proportion late model racing message board social media. Nobody really knew the facts. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I would say so. Um, and not, I mean, I'm sure everybody, everybody's not thrilled with uh, even like little changes during the uh, middle of the season or early in the season. Uh, and they kind of mentioned that too. It's like, oh, we don't want this happening a lot. Like Ronnie Stuckey says, so we don't need right. it happening all the time. But it looked like they got ahead of some things. You know, there was like some things with like the shocks, like, uh, like Ronnie had mentioned, uh, making the, the, the size of the diameter and the length so that it doesn't get out of control if everybody starts seeing somebody does really well with a shock that goes a little out of the box and everybody's got to go get that and restock their whole trailer with shocks. But, uh, so I, I think that that, it just, it just got a little bit too out of control there for a moment, but that could be a point too, that, uh, 
hey, I mean, there wasn't much racing going on. Oh, 100%. The last in speed week, so That's what it is. A lot of time for everybody to talk about stuff. I talked to one prominent car owner yesterday who uh, races with um, – I'll say this. I talked to a prominent chassis builder yesterday, and I said, uh, how's everything going with all your clients and customers? And he said, we've got to start racing. He goes, every one of these guys <laughs> is wanting to reinvent the wheel right now. We've got to start racing. He goes, this is getting ridiculous. So that I agree with you there, Kevin. You know, one thing I took away from that uh, article that you wrote was that Rick and new Outlaw Series director Matt Curl, who we've known for a long time, and I feel bad for Matt, He's this weather he's been dealing with, and not like Rick and them have it, but my goodness, Matt Curl cannot catch a break on the World of Outlaw side right now. But it seemed like Rick and Matt are communicating. They're talking. I think that's a good thing for dirt late model racing, uh, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you want those top guys and the, the top directors of the of the biggest series, the national tours, to, to be in communication. You don't want some big battle going on between them um, because in, in, in the final analysis, hey, we're everybody's in this together. The whole industry is is dirt late models. And and Rich Wally kind of mentioned something along those lines where he said. Uh, there's not that unified uh, rules committee anymore that was working together with all the series and manufacturers and stuff to kind of come up with some uh, some rules that were kind of across the board. Uh, but that's important. That's another important reason why, though, that Rich Wallings and the Matt Curls have to have to speak and 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 hash some things out between each other because, like Schwally said, we we don't want a Lucas Oil late model or a World of Outlaws late model or a UMP late model or you know or, or any what a regional series late model. We want a dirt late model where guys don't have to worry about making a whole bunch of changes every time they go run somewhere. And, you know, they could just get in like this weekend, you know, you could just get in the, you got more race that rained out say in Brownstown and go out to Virginia motor right. and, and, and just jump into the, you know, jump into the pit area there and, and not have to make a whole bunch of changes to get your car ready. And, uh, and, and that's a big reason why you, you need that communication going on there between the directors not just national touring stuff going on this weekend mlra as i mentioned earlier uh is it wheatland that two-day show at wheatland that's become spring nationals popular the last couple of years uh speaking of the spring nationals at taswell and bulls gap two of the most quintessential tennessee tracks of all time high banked red clay tracks and taswell and bulls gap molten alabama back on the scene uh, i think if anything gets rained out you're going to see some people pop into molten alabama too they've got an unsanctioned 5,000 to win give me something else you love this weekend in that little group there oh, i like that mlra at wheatland uh because it's wheatland you know i just that's a great place i saw a picture of I think on Twitter or yesterday or on Facebook or something uh, up there, just up the racetrack. I'm like, man, what, what a great looking racetrack uh, <laughs> that is. And it's just, it just gets you like, uh, I like, uh, I like being involved with dirt track racing to go to those places like that. I mean, it's really a, you know, just a, it's just, it's just a nice place. And, and there's going to be, a, I'm just looking at that race. I mean, it's a, that's a lot of race guys. A lot of drivers are going to be, uh, you know, haven't raced that much out there in the Midwest either, so that's a that's kind of getting the ball rolling for them. And and one of the guys I kind of noticed, I, I didn't realize that he was doing this this year, was Will Vaught, yeah, who ran up at LaSalle a couple weeks ago, and uh, that was I was kind of surprised to see him there. I didn't know he would make that trip, and but he's planning to run the MLRA deal this year and kind of ramp up his uh, schedule again. And and he's got a new XR1 ready to go. And I and I think you're going to keep an eye out for Will Vaught this weekend at. Uh, at Wheatland. He's always fast there and got a lot of bad luck too, though. Uh, and I have a feeling that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he knocks off a win there uh, 
against that MLRA competition, get himself going for the year. No, I agree. Will's one of those guys that he started to kind of have kids and get all involved more in the family, and you know he kind of dropped off the scene a little bit. Will's a guy that, for whatever reason, when I started Dirt on Dirt, I hung out with Will Vaught a lot in his hauler because he would let me set up in there and, and work because we didn't have a lot of press boxes to work out of. So I kind of have an affinity for Will Vaught, and I've you know I've always I've always kind of wished he stuck with it. Do you, he was always kind of on that who's next list, Kevin. So maybe he can circle back into it. What do you think? Well, yeah, I would agree. Definitely. Uh, I remember when I was doing some World of Outlaws, uh, the PR there, about, you know, about 10 years ago, and I did a couple races. Uh, I'd go out and do some Mars races and cover them, and, and I saw him out there in Oklahoma at a race. And, you know, the, the young, fresh-faced kid here, you know, like this, he looks like he's got the, the potential here to, to be the next guy. And it's just like you said, he just family things and, and uh, you know, work and everything, and he just – never put that time in to, to go all over the place. I mean, you got to give up our lot to, yep. to become a full-time race car driver. Never did it. And, but it would be nice to see him become, you know, he could, he can make a little deal here now where he really uh, focuses on the, the regional stuff and becomes a, a top guy. Now he's, he's not very old yet. That's so, uh, He's got a lot of time to, to still win races. Taswell and Bulls Gap this weekend as well. Ray Cook Spring Nationals. Chris Tilly and the bunch will be there for that. I, I just this is a bonus question. I'm just going to ask you. I think about Taswell and Bulls Gap. Those are always two sort of hold your breath racetracks that guys go to. And Mitch McCarter's done a tremendous job getting Bulls Gap back on track. Volunteer Speedway. I call it Bulls Gap, so of course it's Volunteer. Uh, <laughs> but it's there's something about a weekend at those two that feels old school to me and it's just kind of like you know you're gonna see something do you agree with that mm-hmm. oh i like it yeah, it's like you kind of well i like just going it feels old school just going to like Taz. yeah, yeah. through the woods and going up the hill and and then all of a sudden this racetrack is there where like i mean i go i, I look down i go i remember i've stand stood in turn two and looked down at that giant banking it's it's really impressive it's unbelievable I mean, you've never been it's there unbelievable. you can't tell from a video or the or a picture just how bank that racetrack is for a dirt track i mean it's it's really cool and uh and it, it does kind of throw you back there a little bit uh a little old school uh feeling uh i i'd, I'd like that uh maybe maybe freddie smith will come out and go <laughs> up and start racing or something this weekend uh that might be a stretch uh give me a bonus something <laughs> something that's come across your desk in the past week or two that's interesting that late model fans might also find interesting you get so many news and nuggets give me a couple things well, I'm, I'm going to circle back to this Virginia Motor Race uh, that's coming up this weekend. And, and a couple of days ago, I just kind of noticed, I'm like, wait a minute, is this, is this right? Is the Jeep Van Warmer from Michigan is going to make the haul out to Virginia Motor? And I'm like, wow, that's, that's interesting to me. That's, pretty, that's a pretty cool deal that uh, I haven't, I've always liked Jeep. Everybody likes Jeep, it seems like. He's such a nice, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good, friendly guy. And, and I, I would I would venture to say here that Jeep is he hasn't raced much the last few years. I mean he's really backed off to you know do more with the with the family business and everything. So he hasn't he's not running the whole summer nationals or traveling the speed weeks or anything like that. But uh, I would still say he's one of the better known names in the whole sport. Would you agree with that, Michael? I would 100 percent agree with it. And by the way, I had to cross this is I had to fact check turn. I had to fact check. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to JeepVanWormer.com. Is he really heading out to Virginia Motor? Kevin was <laughs> yeah. right about it. He's doing Atomic Friday, Virginia Motor Saturday. Uh, no, I agree. He's he is. I mean, listen, the 2006 World 100 is probably the greatest dirt late model race of all time. He is the centerpiece of that race. Uh, that, along with his affable personality, years of running the Summer Nationals, us putting him on camera all the time. I, he is one of the more famous dirt late model drivers of all time. I would agree with that. 
and he's got a cool name too, Jeep Van Wormer. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty memorable name. So, but yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, but he. I just I kind of looked at this. I looked it up after I seen that he's coming out there. I'm like, when's the last time he even was like racing out east anywhere? You know, east of like the middle of Ohio or so. And it's been like about ten years. I mean, he ran. Uh, he ran at um, Charlotte back in you know about about 2010 uh, in Tyler County in West Virginia. But other than that, he's only raced in uh, like Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey areas uh, from like 2004 to 2009. He ran I mean, a few, few starts like Challenger, Pittsburgh, Hagerstown. He ran those tracks. Went to New Egypt with the back the old Extreme Series back in 2004 when he was really traveling a lot more. And so uh, the the North, I guess the Mid Atlantic fans have really not seen Jeep Van Wormer. Uh, race too much. They haven't seen too much. They probably just read about them, watched them on video. So I think it'll be pretty neat for those. It'll be a, kind of a treat for everybody out in back in I'm about in my neck of the woods here to see Jeep Van Wormer in person this weekend. Hopefully he has a hopefully he does a good job and he has a good good night out there at Virginia Motor. We're going to spend a little more time this year on some local racing stuff. How about we dive into local racing, you know, maybe make a difference? That's what people have said to me lately. Hey, Michael, how about this? How about this? How about we talk a little more local racing, see if we can make a difference on the local racing level? So I'm going to ask you to do the same now. Dive deep and give me two or three local racing things around the country to look at. Doesn't have to be a driver. Doesn't have to be a driver. Anything you want. Just give me some local racing stuff, Kevin. I'm going to come I'll stay right here near me about an hour and a half from my house is Seals Grove Speedway and here in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and they got some nice stuff going on there. That, that's a track, a big half mile. I know it's, Hey, it's not bullring racing. That's for sure. But, uh, but they have super late models there every Saturday night. And, and one of the big problems there for so long has been the, the big complaints from everyone that goes there is it's hard to see the whole racetrack because the pits are in the infield, big trailers have gotten bigger and bigger over the years. And, I mean, you go. I mean, you probably can just watch our video, and we, there's not a really high uh, spot for even our video people to shoot from there. And a lot of times they'll they'll miss a car. You can't see the car all the way around three and four because so big trailers. But they made a big. The promoters there decided, hey, we're going to move the pits outside the racetrack, outside of turn four. They redid that whole area outside there this past uh, off season, and this weekend they're they're supposed to open up uh, if everything goes. The, the weather looks good for them actually, and. And, that, and that's a I mean, that's a point where I like hey the local racetrack and and they're kind of keeping up with Port Royal Speedway right down the road, which has made a lot of a lot of I mean, new lights, Musco lights, yep. new catch fence, new grand. I mean, all in the last few years. So uh, it, it's good to see. That's what local racing needs, in my opinion, is like tracks willing to keep improving to kind of make the experience better for the fans, and it, it's going to be a much better experience for fans now when they go to Seals Grove because they'll actually be able to see the whole racetrack i mean you can even really even have a chance to go in the infield and hang out there like they do at williams grove and and other tracks uh, you know eventually when they open that up for everybody so that, that'll be pretty neat uh a pretty neat deal for local racing in this area all right just want to make sure that was i said two or three is that the, the only one kevin i just wanted to make sure i wasn't stepping on you that you had like three more other local things right that was it right no i got i got one more all right go about, ahead I, I was going to mention uh clint smith down at weekly racing down at sonoya there uh, in georgia his home track i mean my man cat daddy i like the cat daddy and he's made like a little you know cottage industry for him i think himself down there uh you know racing three mile from his house or something his shop and i mean he's like uh he's come off the road with the world of outlaws and he's really been able to form a, a deal there where he races like three divisions each week and he goes uh and gets all these guys that are coming to him all the local racers or a bunch of them 
come to him to have his car, their cars prepared. And, and that's something where local, that local racing needs too, a weekly uh, deals where hey, you have like a big guy, like uh, a guy that's run a lot of uh, traveled a lot around the country, a lot like a Clint Smith. He's a veteran, but he comes back to his, his kind of his roots there and, and really helps everybody. And I think having his knowledge, helping so many of those local guys will help keep that racetrack maybe going, you know, bring more people in it. So the people aren't maybe intimidated. They can go to a guy like him and, uh, and learn a little bit quicker uh, the, the, the ropes there at the racetrack. Last question and a bonus one. You, don't, you didn't know I was going to ask you this one. Robert <laughs> Holman did a story last week, a blog, about missing racetracks and, and ghost racetracks and tracks that are gone, et cetera, et cetera. It really did kind of explode on the website, ton of responses to it. Uh, give me one you miss. What's a track that you used to go to either as a kid or in your professional career that's not open anymore that Kevin Kovac really misses? Oh, man, I can't. There's just one. I mean, the first track I ever went to in my life when I was nine years old was uh, Flemington Speedway in New Jersey. Yeah. It was a big, you know, it was a square. It was a, the weirdest. It was actually four little short shoots there that uh, no real long straightaways. It was, I mean, they called it Flippington because they had wooden fences when I first started there. And guys would just roll up on them like a ramp and start flipping. And it was just stands almost all the way around the track. It was real. It was, uh, that's how I was exposed to the sport. And, and it was a, every Saturday night was awesome there. And they, it was dirt until 1990, and then after that it paved, and then it closed down for good in 2000. And, and man, I, I missed that racetrack, but it, it's it's really sad not having that around. But but I, I, unfortunately, I lost a lot of tracks that I went to as a as a kid growing up and stuff in this area. I mean, I guess because I was from New Jersey, and and there was there's not that much land. There weren't so many tracks around that area in eastern Pennsylvania, and everything kind of closed in on all these racetracks uh, quicker than some other places, and. You know, I lost my East Windsor Speedway, a Nazareth Raceway, two tracks in in, uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, Penn National Speedway out by Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a, a bunch of tracks. And then in Syracuse, my New York State Fairgrounds, the mile. Oh, don't even up, get Kevin uh, started know, on the mile. Don't uh, even get him started on the oh, in Syracuse. Bro, I'm standing here in, the office, in my office right now, and I can see my little – I can see my – I have a little uh, jar. It's the dirt memories of Flemington Speedway. It's a piece of Flemington Speedway clay from 1990. And I also got a, I have a piece of the Syracuse, uh, you know, the miles wall that I took off a few years ago when they broke, when they, uh, last race. So I got those memories there, but man, it, it is, it is kind of, it makes you reminisce about it. Like that story, like Robert's about all the old racetracks that have come and gone. Kevin, that was excellent. Thanks. We went 25 minutes. I love it. I wanted to go long. I wanted to give the people some content in this dire time of weather. So uh, you did it. Turn, did you hear? I had, you had these writers, though, Turn. You got to prompt them every once in a while, you know, because he's, you know, Kevin's used to sitting there writing this 5,000-word story where he can stop Turn. <laughs> yeah. I got to prod him a little bit, you know. I got to get him going. But he's so full of knowledge, Turn. Full of knowledge. Listen to that. Look at that compliment <laughs> from Turn, Kevin. Did you hear that? I'm glad. I'm glad. First time I heard Turn's voice the whole time. Hey, Turn. Hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a video cast. I don't like to include Turn in the. Listen, I barely want to put him on air during Late Model Live. You know, I mean, I'm the star of the show, Kevin. I don't want to give him a lot of air time if I don't have to. You know what I mean? So. Hey, but hey, but Turn's coming around. Everybody knows him in the pit area. Now, I know. Right? He's, you know like, hey, he's basically yeah, household name hear, now. Hey, there's Turn. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel I truly am Howard Stern, and I have my whack pack here. Is what it is. <laughs> turn and turn and Derek. Kevin, thank you very much. Have fun at Virginia Motor this weekend. Derek and I will be in Farmer City for the Illini. Gilly and DJ will be at the Lucas Shows along with Ryan Bowling. we got a big weekend of coverage. As always, buddy, thank you. Great knowledge bombs. We, uh, we really appreciate it. And good luck this weekend. Enjoy the 80-degree weather at uh, Virginia Motor.
So I can't wait. I'm like, oh, it's going to be nice, and that's that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> we haven't had enough of them yet. We haven't had any yet this year, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, that was a Dirt on Dirt.com video cast. We'll see you at the races this weekend.